When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We would be honored if you would join us. Hello everyone, how are you all doing today? Today we return to the Legends novel, Darth Bane, The Path of Destruction. We're going to be looking at pages 208 to 210, chapter 20, where Bane takes the title of Darth. Now, I'm jumping really far into the novel here, primarily because I want to get you guys really interested for the not-so-crazy fans about Legends to really help you guys understand how cool Legends actually is, and where a lot of the lore for canon really was inspired from. So if you find yourself interested in the lore in this video, as the title is pretty interesting, bringing a lot of new faces, I implore you to go check out some of the other lore videos that are out there, not just on my channel, but anywhere really on YouTube. They're all very interesting, and I think we can learn a lot from the inspiration that came to canon today. That being said, I'm going to be covering so much more of the Darth Bane novel and continuing my novelization coverage of Legends and Canon comics going forwards. So at this point in the novel, Bane has crossed a threshold into a new understanding and connection with the dark side. He has just walked away victorious from a trap set by his former rival, Sirak. Now we're going to learn a ton more about Sirak in more videos which are going to backtrack from this one and then we'll go beyond chapter 20 as well. He is now done with the Sith Academy and its instructors permanently and finally ready to break out of his own away from Lord Khan and his Brotherhood of Darkness. As he storms furiously to the Academy's headmaster, Lord Cordis's quarters, there remains only one last step for Bane to take, a dangerous and forbidden step. Bane kicked open the door to Cordis's chamber. It slammed against the wall with a crash that reverberated down the hall. The Academy's master had been awake and already dressed, meditating on the mat in the center of his room. Now he leapt to his feet, anger darkening his face. What is the meaning of this? Did you send Sirak to kill me? Bane blurted out. The time for subtlety was gone. What? I... Did something happen to Sirak? I killed him. Yevra and Loke too. Their bodies are in the archives. The shock and horror of his reaction made it clear that Quartus had known nothing about the attack. You did this on the eve of our departure for Rusan? He asked, his voice rising shrilly. A few of the other masters had gathered in the corridor outside, drawn by Bane's loud arrival. A handful of the students as well. Bane didn't care. You can go to Rusan, Bane snapped. I will have nothing to do with the Brotherhood of Darkness. You are a student of this academy, Cordis reminded him. You will do as you're told. I am a Dark Lord of the Sith, Bane countered. I serve no one but myself. Glancing over Bane's shoulder at the gathering crowd of curious onlookers, Cordis dropped his voice to a threatening whisper. We leave for Rusan tomorrow, Lord Bane. You will be coming with us. This is not a matter for discussion. I am leaving tonight. Bane replied, lowering his voice to match and mock the tone of Cordis's own, and none of you here is strong enough to stop me. He turned his back on the head of the academy and walked slowly from the room. For a brief second he felt the spurned master gathering the force, and Bane braced himself for a confrontation, but a second later he felt the power fading away. At the threshold he halted. When he spoke, 
He was addressing the assembled gawkers as much as Quartus. Someone here once told me the Darth title was no longer used because it promoted rivalry among the Sith. It gave the Jedi an easy target. It was easier just to abandon the custom, to have all the Sith Masters use the same title of Dark Lord. He raised his voice slightly, speaking loud enough for all to hear. But I know the truth, Cordis. I know why none of you claims that name for yourself. Fear. You're cowards. He half turned and looked back at Cordis. None of the Brotherhood is worthy of the Darth title. Least of all you. There was a gasp from the assemblage. Some of the students stepped back, expecting some type of reaction. Of course, there was none. Shaking his head in disgust, Bane left them there. As he passed the other masters, Kasim stepped in front of him, placing a hand on his chest. Don't go, the Blade Master said. Let's talk about this. If you just meet me with Khan, he'll understand. That's all I ask, Bane. It's Darth Bane, he said, slapping the Twi'lek's hand away and pushing past him. Nobody else tried to stop him as he made his way through the temple's halls. Nobody tried to follow him or even called out as he mounted the stairs to the small landing pad on the roof. There was only a single ship at the starport, the Valsin, a T-class long-range personal cruiser. The blade-shaped vessel was one of the finest in the Sith fleet, equipped with the latest and most advanced technology. It had arrived just the day before, a gift from Khan to Cordis in recognition of his work with the apprentices at the academy. Bane lowered the access hatch and climbed inside. During his stint in the military, he'd been given rudimentary training in the basics of piloting a standard hyperdrive vessel. Fortunately, the Valsen's controls matched all intergalactic standards of operation and were designed for ease of use. He sat himself down in the pilot's chair and fired up the thrusters, punching in the hyperspace coordinates of his destination even as he began the liftoff sequence. A moment later, the Valsen rose up from the landing pad's surface, then shot off into the atmosphere, leaving Corbin and the Academy behind. Now this last step was Bane taking the Darth title. An action that can only be seen as a direct challenge to Lord Khan's rule. To revive that title and the meaning of superiority it invokes spits at everything the Brotherhood of Darkness stands for. But regardless, whatever else happens, the Sith, the Jedi, and the galaxy will now have to grapple with Darth Bane, Dark Lord of the Sith. Now of course, Bane goes on to create the Rule of Two and change the history of the Sith, or the future of the Sith, really. I would say the main problem with the Sith was the infighting. Of course, they all came together and eventually they hated Jedi at the end of the day, but amongst themselves, there were tiers and classes, just like with Jedi, but it was more of a dog-eat-dog world. Sith fought other Sith the same way nomads would for respect and ranking, just as we saw here with Bane and Cordis. I also like the fact that this book really explains why the title of Darth wasn't used very much. And by Bane taking that title, it means he doesn't care if it promotes rivalry among the Sith or whatever people think. He wanted to use the title for himself to stand out from everyone else who just called themselves Dark Lords. I like Bane. I like his methodology and the way that he's just overall badass. He does what he wants and he stands up to those who will defy him. Don't get me wrong, he's a Sith, but... He's pretty cool. Hope someday we'll get a show just about him. Thanks for watching. Leave a like if you enjoyed this one, and I'll see you in the next Legends video or in the next video in general. Catch you then. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Hey guys, how are you today? So today we're going to cover 10 facts about some Sith Force abilities. Now, of course, in the comments, just let me know which ones you want me to cover in the next video, or if there are any that I didn't cover in this one. 
Alright, let's get started. So, starting in at number one, got midichlorians. Midichlorians have been controversial ever since George Lucas added them to the Star Wars mythos back in The Phantom Menace. Nevertheless, wherever you may personally fall on the topic, they are here to stay. And the Sith have been able to use the dark side to tinker with the microscopic life forms as we learned in Revenge of the Sith. Palpatine Sith Master Darth Plagueis had found a way through the Force to manipulate the midichlorians so that he could cheat death, which of course piqued Anakin Skywalker's interest due to his vision of his wife's death. Plagueis had found a way for the midichlorians to preserve a prolonged life, and even a way to restore it. Number two, Force Stealth. You might have wondered how the Jedi could have worked with a Sith Lord as powerful as Palpatine while he roamed the halls of the Galactic Senate and sat in the Supreme Chancellor's seat for all this time without realizing who and what he truly was. The reason for that is the unique ability called Force Stealth, which the Supreme Chancellor was innately proficient at. The future Emperor of the Galaxy used Force Stealth to conceal his presence and connection to the Force from all the Jedi, including Grandmaster Yoda. And so when he was finally ready to enact the Sith's revenge on the Jedi, they were all taken by surprise. Number three, Essence Transfer. Hiding their force sensitivity or even their overall physical presence from other beings paled in comparison to Transfer Essence, or Essence Transfer, a power that allowed a Sith Lord to transfer their mind and soul into another being's body, annihilating their target's persona in the process, and giving them full control of an entirely new body. If a Sith didn't know how to make themselves immortal, Essence Transfer was the next best thing, and they could simply employ the technique to keep jumping bodies to cheat death over and over again. With Palpatine's return in The Rise of Skywalker, there were many fans who wondered if this was the ability that Palpatine used to survive being thrown down the Death Star's reactor shaft and getting blown up. And we now know that this is confirmed to be true. Before Palpatine even hit the bottom or died, he had transferred his essence into the other clone body on Exegol and was trapped in there until we saw him again. Number 4, Force Grip. Arguably a favorite of the Sith Lord Darth Vader, Force Grip was the ability to choke and crush a foe without ever physically laying a hand on them, usually employed by Sith, such as when Count Dooku overcame Obi-Wan Kenobi's defenses and choked him with the power in Revenge of the Sith. But the Jedi have also been shown to utilize the power, such as when Master Mace Windu attempted to crush General Grievous's robotic chest with it, or when Luke used it on the Gamorrean guards in Jabba's palace. Though not a unique or unusual ability for a Sith to have, it was still one of their most effective and terrifying powers, as they could kill a being without even being in the same location as them, like we have seen Sidious do with Dooku in the Clone Wars. Number 5, Force Lightning. The most famous practitioner of this technique is of course Emperor Palpatine, aka Darth Sidious. Though it was used by many other Sith Lords in history as well, including Count Dooku, Coming in a range of at least four colors, blue, green, yellow, and red, the offensive dark side power discharged electrical energy from the user's hands and unleashed severe pain and damage on their target. Palpatine and Dooku's lightning were bluish purple, but the embodiment of the dark side, known as the Sun of Mortis, used the red variety, suggesting that it may be the most powerful version of the ability. Interestingly enough, another Sith Lord who had been noted to release red force lightning was none other than Darth Vader when his disembodied spirit entered a portal to another Force realm in one of his several attempts to save his dead wife, Padme Amidala. Number 6, Sith Healing. Though we normally attribute Force Healing to the Jedi and the light side of the Force, the Sith were also capable of using their own variant of the ability. 
Vader would frequently employ it to try to heal and damage his lungs and body while he was either in his meditation chamber or his back to tank at his castle on Mustafar. Meditation plays a key part in Force healing, as a Force practitioner needs to form as deep a connection with the Force as they can to get the most out of the process. While Jedi would meditate to find tranquility, the Sith relied on their aggression to focus on the damage. Number 7. The Jedi sometimes use mind trick to get out of a tricky situation without resorting to violence. But the Jedi also have their own take on that power, though not many have the ability to use it. Sith mind control goes much farther than simply trying to sway a being into obeying. Instead, the technique completely manipulates what their target thinks and does, even what they believe, until their will is no longer their own. But the evil influence is not long-term. Darth Sidious used it on a Twi'lek girl, but when he and his apprentice had crash-landed on the planet Ryloth, the girl was helpless to resist and would have to be struck down by Sidious's lightsaber, had Vader not blocked his master's blow. But the girl didn't react, as she was completely under the Emperor's power. Vader didn't care about her life, he simply thought they could use her to get help from the locals. Number 8. Force Drain The complete opposite of Force Healing has to be Force Drain. Powerful Sith Lords could use the power to drain all their enemies' energy and flatline their bodily functions. Even lesser dark side practitioners could utilize the ability to essentially block a Force-sensitive opponent from being able to access the Force. So Force Drain could weaken an opponent's ability to call on the Force or outright kill them. The power requires a great deal of concentration, as once it's summoned, the link between the Darksider and their target must not be broken. Perhaps the most famous example of this power was during the final confrontation between the redeemed Revan and his former apprentice, Darth Malak. Number 9. Deadly Sight We may have experienced or inflicted at one point or another in our lives the Death Stare during tense moments, but for the Sith, that stare is literal. Harnessing all of the rage and anger to inflict pain by simply staring at someone was an ability that some Sith had mastered. This was called Deadly Sight. Saris, one of the Dark Jedi that Kyle Katarn had to stop from taking over the Valley of the Jedi in the old video game Jedi Knight Dark Forces, attacked the Jedi Knight with that ability. Of course, in the end, Katarn was victorious. Number 10, Force Storm. The clone of Emperor Palpatine was able to create a hyperspace wormhole that allowed him to instantly travel between the planet Bis to Coruscant. This most dangerous ability was called Force Storm. The dark side ability could displace people or objects across long distances, but if the dark side practitioner wished to, Force Storm could also be used as a devastating weapon capable of decimating the entire surface of a planet. But the danger went two ways. If the dark sider wasn't careful, the power could also be turned on them, consuming them instead, as it eventually did to the Emperor's clone. Well, hope you guys enjoyed these 10 Sith powers. Let me know if there are some that I didn't cover and you want me to cover in the next video for Top 10 Part 2. Have an awesome rest of your day, and remember, the Force will be with you, always.